Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, either way. I mean, the switch, you know. Okay, this is Fuse Box number uh, 79, Couch Puppet. And you should watch where you're putting your hand. Always looking for a nice warm place to hide. <laughs> yes, it's Fuse Box, friends. Welcome into this edition of the show, entitled uh, Couch Puppet. More about that later. But right now, thank you for uh, pushing play on this oral bombardment of pertinent proclamations. I'm your no-strings-attached-but-hanging-by-a-thread host, Mark Rose, and that over there, uh, all bundled up. Are you are you going ice fishing or... Uh, it's cold out there. The shivering tones of the Lord of Levels himself, Milk Canes, everybody. Yeah, I did not want to get up this morning at all. Too damn nice under the blankets to move. Oh, yeah, 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 I hate that. The uh, crass contrast of warm and cozy with the wet fish slap of having to climb out of there and face the realities of this time and space experience. Well, I guess it had to start sometime. I do seem to recall it was just about a year ago. Yeah. And uh, you know it's getting cold when uh, our mascots around here, Iko and Milo, the uh, Japanese pocket squirrels, climb up your pant leg while uh, dragging a set of matching luggage behind them. You know what I'm saying? It's crowded. It's very crowded in there. So, uh, friends... A couple of uh, OnSug uh, channel-related news items for uh, those of you receiving the show courtesy of Frank Edward Nora's extreme generosity, uh, which is one of the places this program is found over there at uh, OnSug.com, the Overnightscape Underground, for which we are eternally grateful. And uh, by the way, if you have not perused the fine programming available over there, I... Uh, I urge you to do so, as it is unique in this pod-crusting world of ours. But uh, on the channel, a couple of things are happening that are uh, cool and neato, and I'd like to uh, give you a little uh, insider tip on these things. Uh, one has been uh, going on for a while now, and is uh, really, at least in my humble opinion, a public service to OTR or uh, old-time radio shows. And frankly, even if you don't give a pangolin's nose hair for OTR shows, that's right, you do yourself a favor to uh, check out the Vic and Sade cast hosted by our buddy Jimbo and, uh, as of late, uh, a few other contributors as well. This... uh, this program features an entire episode of uh, the now nearly famous again Vic and Sage show, which ran from the mm, 1930s to the mid-1940s, and uh, written by a chap named Paul Reimer. This thing has really no equal in terms of production style and uh, rabid absurdity, and I'd say sophisticated acting chops in there, too. It's... Uh, it's really something you must experience to truly get it. And if you're like me, it may take one or two episodes before you do, in fact, get it. Mr. Reimer was uh, quite 
the innovator. So, uh, so our buddy Jimbo has been uh, curating a, a website of uh, Vic and Sade Analia for at least, uh, I don't know, what, 2,000 years? Yeah, that's quite, uh, quite visionary on his part to be uh, curating a show before it was a show. You know what I'm saying? But that's Jimbo for you. So they've been, uh, they've been stepping through the uh, surviving episodes of the shows in a semi-chronologic order, uh, as many of these programs are lost through uh, entropy or the brain-addled decision by Procter & Gamble to discard and or destroy the prior programs to make room for whatever dreck they thought reasonable in their pointy little heads. And then, you know, uh, having uh, the host of that particular episode give some background and observations on uh, what was played, and uh, I've had a blast with these, uh, you know, listening to them. As uh, the actual Vic and Sade episodes, they're like, uh, you know, 10, 15 minutes long, and uh, the commentary by the host, just a few minutes as well, so maybe it takes 20 minutes. But uh, well worth the investment of time, I think. Even if, and maybe especially if, you're not a fan of old-time radio. I'd, uh, I'd recommend uh, giving this one a go. It, it doesn't fit any stereotype you might have in mind for shows of this vintage. There have been many laugh-out-loud episodes uh, for me. The brilliant absurdity runs deep here. But so does the slice-of-life effect. Like, you know, somebody drops a mic into a, a family's home and just eavesdropped on the whole thing. Quite wonderful. So uh, do check out the Vic and Sade cast here on the OnSug channel feed thingy. And uh, I think I'm going to be hosting one of those things as well after the first of the year. Because, uh, oh, why not? So go ahead and... Join hundreds of your friends and neighbors. Who are enjoying themselves silly. You know, if I was that kid in that show, what's, uh, what's his name? Rush? Yeah, yeah, Rush. Well... If I were that kid, I think I'd be pretty torqued that I can't seem to ever get a word in edgewise. Like, you know, he's trying to tell a story or something. He gets like three words out and say just plows right over the poor kid. Uh, yeah, she does that. I'm telling you, man, that happened to me once or twice. I'd go to the garage and get that gas-powered edge trimmer and do a little limb maintenance on old Sade. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes, I hear you. It is a bit of a challenge for old Rush there. Maybe, uh, maybe get George Romero to direct a film of that. What do you think? Uh, didn't he pass away? So? Speaking of directors, the uh, other little item I wanted to mention on Sugwise was that uh, available right this minute, the uh, aforementioned uh, Jimbo and I had a chat about foreign films. Um, this isn't a Fusebox show, it's a uh, standalone thing, and uh, Jimbo produced this, but uh, sure seemed like a fun thing when he asked me if I would be uh, interested to participate in this one. We chat about some uh, well-known and uh, well unknown films as well. And it was a uh, spirited discussion. So yeah, keep your earballs open for that one. It's up on the OnSug channel right now, I believe. And I think it's called Four Films. But uh, we discuss a virtual bevy of others. So yeah, check it out if you get a chance. The show for everybody, but not everybody will like it. 
So, there's really no way to avoid this topic. Really, friends. It, it's, it's getting so inflamed out there, and with good reason. Uh, the Hollywood shakedown, as, uh, as what I'm referring to, has commenced. But uh, it's not just Hollywood now. It's uh, creeping into, oh, I don't know, NPR and uh, comic books, too. I'm talking about the cyclone of sexual harassment issues coming to light over the last few weeks. I got to say, a couple of these folks mentioned, like uh, Kevin Spacey. Sadly, uh, I had heard some stories from a, a theatrical producer I know about 10 years ago. And I trust that uh, this guy wouldn't just be gossiping, you know. But uh, he, he too, had witnessed uh, an inappropriate situation backstage at a rehearsal once. And, uh, you know, at that time, that information, even then, it just sort of clicked. I mean, Mr. Spacey's a tremendously talented actor. And, uh, but uh, he sure as hell can play that smarmy guy, though. You know? I mean, the the role on House of Cards was incredible. And uh, that, too, evidently, right, is uh, sadly in in limbo. Uh, I think Netflix is shutting that down. Is that right? Yeah, I'm I'm looking it up here. Seems as though the sixth season was nearly completed, but due to this shit hitting the fan, they have uh, pushed the season back. Oh. In an attempt to... uh, rewrite Spacey's character out of the show and uh, focus on Robin Wright's character. Uh, This will be the last season, it says. Wow. Well, probably should have been anyway, though, right? Yeah, maybe. Um, (laughs) Because here's the joke. The show this is based on, the original House of Cards, the uh, the English version, uh, that was all wrapped in about uh, six episodes. (laughs) So... What, what can you say? Anyway, uh, but this is uh, kind of unfortunate for the show. But uh, as we know, friends, it's, uh, <laughs> it's all about consequences. Every step we take has one. Some good. Some stinking of rotten goat heads just laying there, stenching in the sunshine. You know what I'm saying? You know what, man? glad as hell this is finally happening i mean this this abusive crap has been going on forever yeah and you know long enough for uh, most everyone to know the term casting couch hell yeah and not just in these uh, hollywood places yeah absolutely you know it's kind of hard for me to imagine really what a woman puts up with from day to day from these scumbags, you know, just looking for a quick... F- eh, yeah, but uh, you know what? Uh, I've always uh, admired a thing that uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle wrote way back when uh, for his character Sherlock Holmes. I think it was Holmes. Uh, uh, he said, and I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here grossly, but if you could find the one word that sums up a person or a situation, you have the key to unlocking the whole puzzle around it. In fact, solving the crime or finding a motivation. So so using that method, I found the key to unlocking all behavior in our current time and space experience. Crazy. No. 
Uh, the one word that uh, details all actions here, all motivations, whether subtle or overt, is control, not power, not money. Because you see, those are variants of control. If you have no water and the currency is water, well, then the key is to control the use, the methods, the delivery, any and all derivations thereof. It's all about control. And most of the men pointed out in these situations, and I'm, I'm sure we're going we're gonna to see a few women included in this uh, scenario before long, too, I'm, I'm sure. But most of the men want to control the thing they can't possibly control because it's biologically impossible. And that makes them angry. You know, that, uh, that just kind of made the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. You actually may have something there. Every one of these cats has used his uh, position to make a move. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you could call it the, uh, the means of production in this particular scenario. But, uh, yeah, they're not going to control that. Uh, oh, and then, of course, you know, another guy that, that hit the fan here, Louis C.K. And, you know, that was a shocker in a way because, again, really talented, funny, and insightful chap who clearly has some deep issues that uh, he's kind of come uh, clean about now. Uh, but, uh, you know, we were, Jeff and I were having a conversation with a, a friend of ours who is a uh, frequent contributor to this program, Jody Lorimer, the other day, and she brought up a great point. She said that uh, he is sort of coming to grips with this issue, but sort of the way it would be done in his television show. And uh, and, and I guess to some extent that actually does make a lot of sense because he's kind of used to playing that chap. And so he's kind of using that to to justify these things. But uh, anyway, (laughs) I thought that was a pretty smart observation. In any event, it's a horrible price to pay. Uh, I mean, all his projects are shut down, including a, a new film that I think was about to be released, like, within days. Like you said, man, consequences. So, uh, just for the record, who who in uh, comic land is the new sleazebag du jour? Oh, well, it's a DC Comics Group editor, Eddie Berganza. Or Berganza, if you have nose issues. Not a name uh, known to many outside of the industry, but uh, evidently this guy has been uh, gaining the reputation in the sexual harassment area for years. So with uh, this recent turn of events, D.C. Warner let the guy go. Uh, You know, I don't see this affecting any of the titles currently working. Although here, here's one uh, uh, just just dawned on me that this that, that uh, Gal Gadot, the the star of the very fun Wonder Woman film, has uh, come out and uh, stated very clearly that she would not be part in any way to future Wonder Woman films or the franchise in any way unless Brad Ratner is removed completely from the deal. Now uh, Ratner was the producer. Uh, of that film. His company, Rat Pack Dune Entertainment, is the machine behind its $400 million success, and that isn't even started yet, really, in terms of returns. Uh, He's been accused by several folks of uh, filthy habits. So uh, Miss Cadeau is in the best possible place 
for negotiations, and it looks as though that uh, that actually might be how it plays out. Nah, place is lousy with low life. Seriously, you know we're we're in a phase that, uh, as I've stated before on this very program, sitting on this very stool, we're in a phase that house cleaning is upon us, friends. They're going to be shining a light in all the crevasses right now. Just heard while I was uh, driving uh, the other day that uh, NPR has lost its uh, chairman of the board for more fiddling about, and uh, another individual in there as well for the same reason. I, I'm uh, sincerely hoping it goes trudging through the tundra all the way out of these obvious pop culture places and into all the other businesses and political realms too, you know, which in some ways are even more stinky and disgusting. Now let's just have a Gojira-sized hose down of all this crap, shall we? Amen. I just hope to Mothra that we don't become fatigued with the uh, plethora of cases that are about to spew forth here. That public conscience can become very easily bored because of the sheer volume of, of stuff thrown at it. We don't want that. Because no matter how many hordes of stinkers there are out there, we dare not risk becoming... Oh, here it comes. We dare not risk becoming vague. That's right. Because when it becomes vague, undefined or foggy around the edges of a fact or situation... It's uh, then when uh, all the energy goes out of it, the urgency, everything. So uh, stay vigilant, my friends, and just maybe we can get this place cleaned up a bit, or at the least get the ratio of scoundrel to honest person down a few ticks. I think it's well worth the effort. Schmegman from Dingus Palenga Enterprises. And today we're offering you an opportunity to receive free of charge for only $24.99 this totally lifelike rotary spindle crafted from genuine Naga hide with its stand-up, sit-down, nose-cone embossed cylindrical headlamp glistening in real leather. Perfect for those hot winter nights. Yes, you'll be amazed by its incredible... Oh, you know, you've all gotten those calls, friends. Maybe not from Arnie Schmegman. But from someone, or some robo-thing, dialing every number in an exchange area. You know, a short time ago, um, I got rid of the landline here at the studio, because I, I, uh, I had to have one for um, a, you know, a phone patch thing that uh, we'd use with clients on occasion. But uh, we converted over to a different system that didn't require that, so uh, out it went. I don't know, man. When that ice tsunami hits, what then? I mean... I'm hanging on to my reliable in-the-dirt line, you know? Why? You never answer it. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but when the shit hits a fan and there's no power, well, I'll be able to call and dial out at least. Yeah, but sadly, everyone you're calling is on a smartphone these days, so not sure that power outage cell tower failure philosophy will go very far, but... Be that as it minked. So I, I got rid of the landline, and I, uh, I got to say, there was one feature on that system I really liked, though. It, uh, it required the caller to punch a number to verify that they were, in fact, 
a human and not a robot in order for the, the call to go through. Now, that might have been a bit of an annoyance to the caller, but you know what? I never heard any objections. Quite the, quite the contrary. Actually, most folks wanted to know how to get that service. It cut the robo shenanigans completely out. I rarely, if ever, got one of those calls. About the only kind of tech I wish I did have would be some way to locate those call centers and send a herd of angry rhinoceros straight into their offices. Would that be rhinoceri? Maybe. Let me look it up. Yeah. So now, with this uh, basically wireless-only service, oh, brother, do they come in? As a matter of fact, uh, and I will applaud my carrier on this feature, now now when uh, one of those calls comes through, it says in the display, scam likely. I kid you not, it's gotten that chronic. You'd think there'd be a way to control that crap, right? Well, you know, it, it, well, it goes back to an earlier discussion you and I were having just the other day, right? right. Yeah, well, it, it's a, it's a de-incentive for the telephone companies to really do anything about that because these call centers are a pretty significant user base for them, right? I mean, got to imagine they're making more than 50 cents a year from a user like that, you know? These cats, they buy hundreds or more phone numbers. So they can keep switching them out every time we block the number. They do another one. There used to be that uh, do not call registry thing. Yeah, that, that, that's utterly useless. They don't pay any attention to that at all. Uh, and, you know, many folks registered landlines back in the day. And uh, I don't know if you remember this, Milt, but when cellular phones started... Probably the... not. <laughs> <laughs> well, when cell phones started uh, to become really popular... It was actually illegal at one point to call people with a solicitation because they were being charged for the receiving of the call as well as placing a call. So anyone who tried that crap was fined. It was very quiet there for a spell. Then, of course, as uh, the industry changed and folks had uh, unlimited service, the uh, FCC rules uh, collapsed. And uh, before you know it, uh, you've got Arnie Schmegman calling you 135 times an hour trying to sell you a timeshare in Obscuristan. Yeah, gotta get that rhinoceros thing going. If you feel you've reached this number in error, please hang up and try again. Yes, and with that, we'll place our puppets neatly in their handy carry-on container and scuttle our way back under the refrigerator where we belong. But not before. We applaud with wild abandon our contributors to this uh, no-strings-attached episode of Fusebox, Aaron Lane and Jeff Pollard for exquisitely crafted and 100% certified organic linerisms. And... The Wizard of Waveforms, Mr. Milt Keynes, for production assistance. For a moment, I thought you were going to say the dummy of dials. (laughs) Not going to (laughs) lie. Thought about it. (laughs) But no. You're just too elegant to be labeled in that way, Mr. Keynes. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. And, uh... 
thanks as always, friends, uh, to you for pushing play on this edition of the show. And a uh, happy Thanksgiving to you as well. If that's an observance you make in your part of the world, we will be stuffing ourselves to severe bloatment. I'm certain. But uh, as always, please feel free. No, more than free. To subscribe via the uh, OnSug site or uh, iTunes or wherever you may have found our humble program. As uh, we do so appreciate that very, very, very much. So, I have been your puppet-fondling, but only when you're looking, host, Mark Rose, saying, until our next cartoon. Fuse.